What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's going on, Buffalo sports fans? We are back with another episode of Buffalo Sports Banter. I do today have uh, Hunter with me, HLC. He's back. You know, I said last week we had our little two-week break because both of us were very busy. I was helping my sister move. And then the last week, Hunter was out of town. But we did have Jarrett Bailey hop on. If you didn't go check that episode out, really good one. Go check it out. But we got another just absolute banger of an episode for you guys today hunter first off though how you doing how does it feel to be back you know just getting the show going again and talking some buffalo sports yeah it's, it feels great um i was actually out in uh the city uh of brotherly love there in philadelphia for a mls soccer game that between the union and philadelphia union actually reigning eastern conference champions and new york city fc uh, i had to side with the union for that one as i'm actually a new york red bulls fan uh rivals with nyc fc great union win two to one uh Drove past many a time uh, Lincoln Financial Field, which Buffalo Bills uh, associates will become very familiar with come November. Um, I'd actually really like to get back out there for that game because that is going to be, uh, I would have to argue, probably it has the potential for one of the best regular season games of the year in the league. Uh, and we only, or the Bills only play the Eagles every four seasons. Um, well, well, at least it, that's been it's how it's been in the past with the new additional game. Maybe we see that change. Um, but I know the last time we, uh, as the Buffalo Bills got, uh, unfortunately, got the hats handed to them at home. I was at that game pretty rainy, and I walked out with some uh, not-so-kind uh, Philadelphia Eagle banter, speaking of the show name, being thrown at my way. So I would love to see some uh, possible revenge being taken there. But, yeah, great time in that city. Really do like it, but we are back and ready to go. Yeah, I actually – that is uh, – that's actually on my birthday, that game. So maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we go do a Buffalo sports banter in Philly. Who knows? Uh that's obviously down the road, but it's a possibility. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be a good game. I mean, it's it's going to be towards the end of the season, right? It's going to be that second half of the season. It's going to be an exciting one. Um, but, yeah, it's. I mean, we got a lot going on here, a lot coming up. I mean, obviously training camp's in one week. So, I mean, that's what we're going to start off with is just Bill's training camp. I mean, we, we got a lot of position groups that I think are very – exciting and very just interesting well you got the rookies coming in you know you got some veterans fighting for for spots i mean it's 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 a lot going on it's really is a crazy time during training camp in the preseason because you'll see things you don't expect you'll hear things you don't expect uh i mean last year we had jordan phillips and josh allen getting into a brawl i mean i don't i don't know how many fans remember that one but that i mean i I remember that one crazy everybody thought oh there, there we go another problem but I mean, it's just this This team is passionate, so maybe we'll see another brawl again. Hopefully, it's if, if there is a brawl, it's nothing bad. It's kind of like last year's where it's like, you know, it's just football, right? Football gets people going. Um, but, yeah, we got the training camp coming up. I'm going to be at least at one of the days. I believe next Friday. Yes, next Friday, the 28th, I will be there. Um, Hunter, are you going to be at going to any of them? Uh, I actually am slated to be at day one with a program I'm with uh, associated with the Buffalo Broadcasters Association. It's kind of like a summer uh, summer program. Some people are students. Some are just people in the media industry like myself. Um, and so we should be getting some great content. So I'd, I'll really, I'd hope to maybe even share some footage that I get with that program. Maybe we'll, we'll be able to bring it back here. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and so there you go. Let us know, guys, if you guys are going to either of those days – 26th to 28th if you guys are there and you see us there you know give us a little give us a little hey go bills you know um 
can even come up and ask us what we're thinking, whatever. Uh, we love to talk, you know, with with fellow Bills Mafia, with just fellow people that are just passionate about Buffalo sports in general. So check us out if you see us there. Obviously, there's also the game the 4th, August 4th, which is um, the return of the Blue-Red game, which is always a fun time. I mean, it's over at the stadium, over at Highmark Stadium there. So that, that'll be a fun one. That one's at 5.30. The other practices start at 9.45, except for t- um, the one on August 6th. That's the 11.45. But... A lot of it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, it, going out there, it's just a different atmosphere when you go to St. John Fisher. You know, you just feel the excitement. You feel just, and not even from the fans, just the players. You can tell the players are just ready to get back on the field, even though it's it's a tough time of the year for them. They're all a lot of them are getting back to that tip top shape. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not in shape getting there, but they're getting to that 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 season. They're getting ready for the season. They're getting ready, but it's 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 gonna be an exciting one. I do have a question, though. I'm going to start it off with with this one. I talked about the position groups a little bit, a lot of them, right? There's linebacker, um, receiver, running back, guard, go down, cornerback, down the line. There's just guys. This this whole roster is full of guys that could very easily take over spots, take over that backup spot, take over even the starting spot. So, what position group are you just most excited to see about, hear about, and just watch at training camp? You know, that's really a great question. I would probably have to go on the defensive side, um, and I think it would be likely between uh, one of three, really, cornerbacks, safeties, or linebackers. And you know what? I'll single out I'll single out linebackers. Um, we obviously had a, a large departure um, with Tremaine Edmonds heading out to the, uh, to the Monsters of the Midway there in Chicago, and so that opens up a spot that will be taken. There's a handful of candidates um, that I would probably argue, uh, Dorian Williams out of Tulane, Bale Inspector, as well as uh, maybe even Terrell Bernard. So I think uh, what I'm curious to see is who is going to step up for an open role. Uh, a lot of choices. They they all know that that needs to be filled. Who's going to be that new uh, most well-known MLB um, on the team. So I'm really interested to see who, who claims that spot and works the hardest to, to grab it. Yeah, I mean, that's one that I think a lot of people are excited to see just because it's, you know, it's, it's going to be different for the first time in five years for the past five years it's been you know you got milano you got Tremaine admins and it's kind of like oh who's the third one but people don't didn't really care too too much you know about that third one but now you know yeah like you said you got that middle linebacker spot wide open i mean milano i know people want him to try to move there i, I he's an outside linebacker i think that's just what he is um but he he He's just he's a monster and it will make things easier. And I actually got a chance to talk to I was over at um, the Labatt House for 716 Day and I actually got a chance that some of the Bills rookies were there. Um, I actually got a chance to talk to Dorian Williams a little bit about uh, just, you know, learning from Milano and taking over that the pressure of that Edmund spot. And, you know, he 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 was a guy I was excited about coming out of the draft. He flies across the football field and you can already tell that he's just got that maturity that that that, you know, I, I got to work for it still. There's a lot of work to do, but you know, he, he even said it's, you know, Matt, learning from Matt Milano is just something that's great. Um, it, it's something that, that you can really build off of and coming in as a rookie makes your life easier. So yeah, that's one position. I'm excited to see that, that linebacker position. I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. I'm going to go with the receivers, honestly. Like, and there's, there's even on the offensive side of the ball, you named a couple positions on the defensive side of the ball. It's this exciting to see, but you know, offensive side of the ball, you got, you know, guard that, that could be a competition there with Ryan Bates, Torrance. Um, you know, I'm going to guess McGovern just because of the money he's going to be starting there at either left or right guard. But I mean, it, it's, 
it's it's going to be a fun one there. And you even got running back that you can even talk about, right? You know, James Cook should be running back one. But I'm going receiver. It, it's the reason it's interesting to me is you you know who the number one is. Obviously, Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis coming in at number two. I expect him to start the season as wide receiver number two. But if he has a season where he's still catching 50% of the balls, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. And that's where I could see maybe a guy like Trent Sherfield stepping up a little bit. Um, but that's not even the one I'm most excited to see. I'm excited to see if Khalil Shakir can take another step because that's going to be a big question. People are very excited about him. And I'm really excited to see Deontay Hardy in, in the Bills uniform. I mean, he's, again, not the biggest guy in the world, not the strongest, but man, does he move well on a football field. I mean, it. he's got that twitch ability, that, that fast, you know, fast twitch that just stands out. Haven't been able to see him a lot in the in, in game just due to injuries off the field issues, everything like that. But he's just a guy that I'm really, really excited to see. So what do you think about just even that position, the wide receiver position? Yeah, I had some notes marked down there. Um, the one name that you didn't mention that I also would be curious to see where he fits in. Um, I think he would be able to crack the roster, uh, especially now that the, the, there's another target that is uh, moving uh, to the back to the AFC into the same division that he was already in. Um, not a Buffalo Bill. That's, of course, DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans. So uh, where does Justin Shorter fit into the mix? Um, I would say – would you say that he he does have a there's a spot available? It's a realistic chance. I mean, it, that's a tough one to me because it, the other reason why I say that he I'm going to say that he does, but the main reason being he's not like any of the other receivers the Bills have. He's a big, strong guy that's you know going to be and you can say Gabe Davis is kind of like that, but he's really not like you, you haven't seen even this guy in a while since maybe what Kelvin Benjamin, a guy like that. That's, I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, I hopefully he's a little bit better than Kelvin Benjamin in a Buffalo Bills uniform, but that's really how I could see, I could see him being one of those guys that just stands out because he's a different style of receiver. So that's another guy that I am. Yeah. Just a shorter. I'm very excited to see. Um, I mean, I was going to say one more thing as well. Um, the, the, like you asked me a question, and I fired another question back at you. My my, what I'm curious about is how will Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy separate themselves from one another? Because I think to the average eye, they are very similar. So I, I'm wondering how how they will differentiate from one another. I'm very curious. yeah. I think I think for them, especially Sherfield, the Sherfield. The main thing with him is Hardy. I think you'll mostly see slot. I don't think you'll ever see him lined up outside. He just that's not his game. Or Sherfield, like I was kind of saying with Gabe, if Gabe starts off slow, doesn't really have the greatest start to the season, Sherfield could be a guy that you see lined up outside and you could see potentially taking snaps from him. Now, do I expect it? I would say the earliest I'd expect it is week six, seven, or eight. Like I would, I would see them giving a lot of time to Gabe, even even maybe even later than that, to show that he can be the number two. Um, but Sherfield, yeah, Sherfield, I think it's it's hard because I think he's out of everybody on in the roster for the receivers. He's the one that's on the outside looking in. It's it's unfortunate, but I think that's where it is because, like you said, they're shorter. Who's a different type of receiver? He's who's a rookie. Do they want it? They'd probably want to keep a rookie. Sherfield doesn't have a lot of money tied up into him. Deontay Hardy, you know, signed a bigger contract than most this offseason. So I don't think he would be at all even on that hot seat. So 
Sherfield's the one that I'm, I think, most excited to see just because I want to see how he fits in this offense. Um, where Deontay Hardy, I feel like, is going to take that Isaiah McKenzie role that along with maybe Shakir taking a couple snaps from him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just that that's the main difference for me with Sherfield is that he can line up outside, which again, that I'm saying that that kind of making him the outside looking in that for all I know, that could, that could actually make him stand out more because he's more versatile. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, this, this whole wide receiver group, I mean, it, what, what do you think is going to be the surprise for wide receivers in this camp? That's a really good question. Um, I would probably say uh, I, f- I feel like we have a chance to see Justin Shorter really stand out and maybe really claim claim that spot, um, claim a roster spot personally. I, it's funny. He kind of reminds me of when Davis was drafted. Uh, uh, UCF in Florida, pretty well-known schools. Florida, maybe the Gators, maybe a little bit more well-known. Same state, of course. Uh, similar rounds. Were, was there, Were they both third-rounders? Um, uh, I actually believe that shorter was fifth. Was he the fifth? Okay. Mistaken. Um, so I think the potential is there for him to kind of impress Bills fans and and, the, and associates like Davis did in that year one. Uh, that's just how I see it. Maybe it turns out differently. And then, like I said too, I'm just I'm very curious to see how like I don't want to be a dead horse, but how Sherfield and Hardy will will separate from each other, differentiate from each other, because uh, to me at least. They, they seem like slightly similar play types like that player types like that McKenzie role. Um, it would seem like Hardy would fill in a little bit better than that uh, than Sher- than Sherfield might. But that's what I would say I'm looking forward to for that positional group. Yeah. And I want to say with the Gabe Davis and um, shorter, that's actually a very good comparison also because of the fact that both of their draft classes were very good receiver wise. I mean, shorter, I mean, you look at down the line, this was a huge receiver draft. Even Gabe Davis is. That's why he slid. A lot of people thought that he would be, he could could have been a higher draft pick, but that draft class was loaded. So wide receiver group, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, that's one thing that I know that, like you said, we'll be keeping an eye on. Um, but I want to talk about a little bit about the rookies. We obviously are just talking about shorter, so there, there's a little bit with shorter there. Talked a little bit about Dorian Williams, you know, trying to fight fight for that linebacker spot. But, you know, we got Dalton Kincaid still. That's not even – that's that's our, that's the first-round pick, right? And the second-round pick, too, Osiris Torrance. Um, it, it really is there, – there's a lot of rookies I'm excited to see this draft. I mean, or not this draft, this training camp. Which one are you most excited for, um, whether it's Kincaid or Torrance or Williams, or even if it is shorter because it does – I mean, it seems like shorter is the guy that you're really going to just really look out for. I mean, he's a big guy. He's going he's to he's be pretty easy to easy to spot out there. But which receiver just really gets you going when you're thinking about camp? For for rookies, I would – as much as I like shorter, I was all in on Osiris Torrance. I thought he might be uh, scooped up in the first round, but the fact that the Bills got him in the second round, I was really – Psyched and impressed to see that. So I'm all in for Osiris Torrance. I mean, that stat stands out. Never gave up a sack in collegiate football. And that's two, also two different teams. So he had to kind of maybe learn two different offensive blocking schemes. I believe it was the Louisiana Raging Cajuns as well as the Florida Gators. Um, so that that is really impressive to me. Yeah, Torrance is one another guy that I ended up getting a chance to talk to a little bit. And he the thing that was 
interesting to me is he said he doesn't really have like a guy to that he loved watching when he was older. And he, the guy that was kind of one that he tried to model his game after, which he kind of mentioned was it, it does a little bit make the game a little bit easier to learn because you're not just looking at one or two guys or just one style of play. So he's one guy that I, a lot of people had him going to the bills in the first round and then to get him in the second round is huge. And now you have him potentially penciling in at that, that right guard position. Uh, so I'm excited to see Torrance. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go with the obvious guy. I I, I think Dalton Kate is the one I want to see. I mean, th- we didn't. The Bills didn't do too much on the, on the offensive side of the ball when it came to weapons. Yes, they went out and got a lot of guys, but they didn't get, like you said, they didn't get a DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't get, you know, an Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't get a, a, a big time name. They went with shorter or shorter in the draft. They went with um, Sherfield and uh, Deontay Hardy, but Kincaid is the one that you're hearing a lot of. Yeah, he's going to be a tight end, but no, he's going to be more so a big slot a big slot and the one thing with me that stands out to him that I'm really looking to see is you saw it in his college tapes he's able to find the open open field open area against zone or anything I'm excited to see if that transfers over a little bit into the NFL because that's one thing that I think especially being a rookie tight end it's a huge jump you don't see a lot of these guys come out of the gates just firing so Kincaid's the one for me I'm excited to see what do you think of Kincaid just going with Allen I'm I mean, he's people are some some people are saying he's a six foot four Cole Beasley, six three maybe, but he's just a big version of Cole Beasley. So what do you what do you think of Kincaid? Yeah, I'm I'm I've become very excited. I know immediately I didn't love it because I thought that it was not required or necessary as Dawson Knox is a fine tight end to, and as a starter. Um, but now, based on what I've read and what I what I've seen, I think I mean could you say it? there's a legitimate chance they'll be battling for the starting position or is it still kind of Knox's or they might run both at the same time? Uh, so a lot of questions in that for, at that front. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited to see him work uh, as he was very productive at Utah. And uh, after considering it a little bit more, I think he fits very well into the offense. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and I, you just brought up Dawson Dax. I think that's going to be I, – I, I, I'm curious to see how they use those two because – I mean, Knox has a contra- pretty sizable contract, right? It seems like they want to use him for the future. It seems like for the past few years, they've been trying to get that second tight end to pair with Knox. So I'm excited to see how they use him. I think you could see a little bit more Knox off off the line of scrimmage, right? I think you could see him out, out a little wider, maybe not, maybe not outside, but maybe a little more slot just to see him and Kincaid switch it up. So yeah, Kincaid, another guy. I mean, this whole rookie class is exciting. But before we move on to a little bit of Sabres talk, I got one more question for you. And this is one that maybe people don't start asking until middle of training camp, end of training camp, end of preseason. But I want to see before we see anybody on the football field, before we see training camp, who's one player, or even two if you have them, a surprise cut candidate, a guy that you may not necessarily think is going to get cut, but a guy that you could say is on the hot seat and could potentially be cut. I'd have I'll go both one for both sides of the ball, each side of the ball. Uh, on the offense, uh, I think right as we signed him, like right as the Bills signed him, I I thought that it was that's a, a household name, I would argue, but I just don't know if there's going to be room. And it was one of the most recent signings uh, offensively, and that's Latavius Murray. Um, I just don't know if there's going to be room. The only way I see it is if 
you can maybe designate Naheem Hines as like strictly special teams. Uh, but even then, I, I just don't know if that leaves still leaves enough room. So I think he'll really have to impress in in camp. Um, that might require him to, to outwork, overtake the likes of Damian Harris. So I think uh, at first glance, you would you would give a roster spot to over Murray. Uh, we'll see what transpires. Um, I think Cook is likely safe as well. Um, then on the defensive side, it's a player uh, that is – Stands out for an unfortunate play last season, one, probably one one of the best catches of last season that went against him, and that's Cam Lewis. Um, I, I also don't know if there's just enough space for him on the roster. I know there are some new acquisitions at his, at his position. Um, some notable ones like Taylor Rapp, um, also Cameron Dantzler. So uh, I, I just don't know uh, if – Dantzler might actually be uh, more of a cornerback, but I, I just – for who is on the roster – uh, just don't know if Cam Lewis is safe yet again. Yeah, I mean, those are two positions that, like you said, it's it's just it's it's really going to be a dogfight to try to try to get get out of there. I mean, even the, you're hearing even people saying, "Oh, is Naheem Hines safe?" I mean, I, I think he's safe by a mile. I don't think there's a chance that he gets cut, especially due to the fact that they traded for him. They didn't. It's not like they just got signed him. I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball, and I'll give two as well. I'm going to go with Boogie Basham. I think you could see as a surprise cut just because of how deep that defensive line is now. I mean, it's especially interior Boogie. You're not going to see him play interior. You're going to see him more outside. But even then, I mean, you go down the line, they got guys just ready to go. And I was going to say Shaq Lawson, but I just think that his, his play against the run is too valuable and his ability to play the run is too valuable. So I, I'm going to go Boogie Basham as one. And the other one, I'm going to go Saran Neal. I, I I know that he's a guy that at least Bills fans know pretty well, right? They, they, they know him. He's been around for a while. I just don't know if there's a spot for him, especially like you said, with this secondary, with bringing in Taylor Rapp and now – is our special teams that important still? I don't I don't really know, especially when you are a team that Tyler Bass is going to kick the ball out of the end zone nine times out of ten. Maybe not nine, but a lot of times he's going to kick it out of the end zone. And then they rarely punt, and Saran Neal has a pretty sizable contract for being a mostly special teamer. So I could see him potentially being cut as well a long time Maybe not a long time, but been a bill for a while. Um, and then I'm just going to throw out one more name that kind of like what you said with cornerbacks. I could see. I don't see it happening. I'm going to say Dane Jackson could potentially. I doubt it. But just because of bringing in even a rookie that we didn't even talk about, Austin or Alex Austin, right? Six rounder. Um, I believe six rounder from Oregon State. I also could be wrong there, but I think it's Oregon State. He's another guy that maybe he takes a spot. No, I don't think so. I think Dane Jackson's safe. But yeah, there's a lot of questions up and down this lineup. I think you're going to see some surprise cuts. It's just a matter of who throughout camp impresses who throughout the preseason. But yeah, I mean, what do you think just about those guys, mostly Basham and Saran Neal? Do you think that there's a shot that they're not on the team come week one against the Jets? Uh, I would say possibly more likely Saran Neal. Um, if out of those two, I know he's the one guy that always sticks out to me that you see is hustling down on kickoffs. 
Um, but like you said, there might not be such a, if that's his main priority on the field, there might not be a need for that when it's compared with other necessities um, as best often does uh, create touchbacks. So I'm sure, and I know that he, he provides uh, in other departments, but uh, I just, with, with the cramp at the position, I, I, he was going to have to maybe do a little bit more work in the off season to prove himself than he has in the past. Um, I think Boogie Basham will be okay. Although uh, certainly a, a great candidate to, to bring up in this type of conversation. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right there. I think Saran, there's definitely more likely that Saran would get cut. Um, and even more so with Saran, it's like he, uh, he hasn't obviously been the greatest player when he's on the actual defensive side of the ball. With special teams, he's phenomenal. But you've seen the Bills make mistakes before, not keeping younger guys, over keeping guy like Saran Neal, most notably Isaiah Hodgins. Would they want to do that again? And maybe, I mean, are they going to, what are they going to send shorter to the practice squad and risk having another Isaiah Hodgins situation happen? I, I would be very shocked if Bean does, does the same thing twice like that. But we'll see. Buffalo Bills training camp. Starts next week, one week from today, from when we're recording this. You guys aren't here in this one week from, from training camp. But a lot that's going to happen, you'll hear us next week talking mostly Bills next week. But I want to move into a little bit of Sabres. Uh, still, are still pretty early in the offseason. Still a lot can happen. But they have made some moves. And moves that fans before even the free, free agency started said need to, needed to be made. So before I ask you a question, here's the notable signings, re-signings, and who the Sabres have lost. Notable signings. There's really only two notable signings, and it's Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton. Um, I mean, one-year deal, $3.25 million for Eric Johnson, coming over from Colorado. Guy who's won a Stanley Cup before, a little bit older. Don't expect him really to play too, too many minutes, probably a third-line guy more likely. And Connor Clifton coming over from Boston. I, I love that we're stealing a guy from Boston. Three years, three point three three million each year, so about ten, a little under ten million. Um, but yeah, he's another guy. He 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 could maybe play that second line, maybe play that third. We'll see what they they're thinking. There's a lot of different combinations they can go with defensively there. But two defensemen, something that everybody really wanted. Resignings: Zemgis Gergensen's back on a one-year deal. Tyson Jost back on a one-year deal. Cal Clegg back on a one-year deal. Lucas Rusak. Uh, Rusak, sorry, is on a back on a two-year deal. Linus Weisbach, probably more of a just a Rochester guy this year. He's going back down, and same with Brett Murray. He's going back down on a two-way contract. Now, who they lost? Loris Pilute, that one kind of hurts, but also it's okay, in my opinion. Malcolm Subban, love the guy, but it's just Buffalo, too much of a – what's the word I'm looking for? Too much of just a – too much going on in the goalie room. Too much going on. There's too many questions. I just think it's better for him. He actually signed with the St. Louis Blues. Pilot went to Switzerland for I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that that team name. And then Vinny Hanastroza didn't play too much last year, um, but he did sign a one-year contract with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So there's a lot that Sabres we could talk about, a lot of things that can go on. So what – I'm going to just bring it up quick. I'm going to go over the defensemen. Those were the two biggest moves for them so far. Which one was your favorite? And do you think they did enough on the defensive side to make you confident going into this season? Or do you think there's just a little more that they should do? Maybe even a trade deadline thing that they should do um, 
but how confident are you in this defense now? Well, to start with the second question, I, I'm still looking for one more player, and and I but with these signings, I just don't know if it's some someone that they're going to go after. I was really, really, really hoping for Matt Dumba out of Minnesota. Um, I thought he was going to be going to be a great fit. We already have uh, a former teammate in Jordan Greenway. Um, I thought he would have been a great addition. So I suppose there's still a chance, but um, we did. The Sabers did just sign two other defensemen. So is there room? Is that now still a priority to, to get him again or as well? Not sure. With who uh, the Sabers did bring in, uh, I like the the name recognition at least of Eric Johnson. I know he's product been productive uh, with St. Louis and Colorado. Um, my question is how much gas is still in the tank um, as someone in their later thirties. Uh, it maybe because of the first name, uh, but also just because say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill of the the style of of the signing and starting the next season i immediately thought of eric Stahl's first game as a savior that was the uh first year post covid um with the the kind of the different divisions he made a terrible play in front of the net against the capitals that may have actually been the capitals game winning goal uh not a lot of things went right for the savers so that wasn't you don't have to harp on that but just an older player uh, uh who was towards the end of his career still playing now still in florida um but I would just hate to see a sloppy play like that made. Again, I don't know if that's attributed to his age or just something in the moment, but um, but I will say a defenseman I would think is less likely to make a play like that than maybe someone on the offensive side of the puck. So I really like the name at least. We'll see what he can do. It seems like he's really happy to be here. Um, and then Connor Clifton, um, I'm really thrilled about that one um, with more of a youth, the youth movement there. Uh, I believe I saw a stat that – I don't want to uh, screw this stat up, but it may have been that he had more hits personally either last year or uh, in a certain span of his career than the Sabres did at all this past season. Uh, so I am a huge fan of that because I think that the Sabres need to adopt a little bit more of a bully mentality. Um, I think that it started to head in the right direction, but I'm still ready to see some more, some more grit on the ice there. And I think that's a great signing. And the fact that it comes from a division rival, absolutely love that deplete within um always a fan of seeing that um then a re-signing actually i'm was really thrilled to see tyson joe's come back i think he was i'm just still surprised that that's a name that was picked up off of waivers yeah. uh not not an off-season signing or a trade deadline trade deadline acquisition waivers last season so i'm really happy to see him back and then uh the one other one that did stick out because he's been here before i don't really love him um, I get it's to replace Malcolm Subban. I hope that we don't have to see him in Buffalo. Uh, that would probably only be because of an injury, so hopefully we don't see that. It's Dustin Tokarski. Um, I, I, he did kind of at times get on my nerves a little bit when he was here. Uh, again, I'm sure I could look further into it. Not always the goaltender's fault when, when, when scores kind of go up against you, but hopefully we won't have a need for him here in Buffalo. But we'll see. He is back. Uh, at least he's familiar with the system. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the big four there that I would point out from the Sabres. Uh, Losing-wise, uh, yeah, Pilot, like you said, more of a Rochester mainstay, um, now overseas. 
somebody like Hinestroza was good for a couple of goals. I don't think that's too detrimental. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of the one thing that did stick out though was I didn't mention a lot of them, but a ton of re-signings for for mainly Rochester guys. Um, I saw that there was some conversation about that on Twitter. Some some liked it, some didn't. Uh, some said that that shouldn't be shouldn't have been a main focus. Others, I mean, I'm sure the Amherst fans specifically really like it. So yeah, that's what I would kind of use as a review of the Sabres offseason. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we might not be done. We'll see. Yeah, and no, real quick on Tukarski, I don't think many people were happy with Tukarski in Buffalo. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, they, he's got three goalies in front of him right now, at least at this point with Comrie, Lukanen, and, and Levi. Um, but I mean, the crazy part with, the, like you said, with the defense is where does everybody fit? Because right now, you have the, the projected lineup right now is Samuelson, Dallin, Power, Clifton, Labushkin, and Eric Johnson. That's six right there. And then you'll probably have one more extra, but you have Yoki Haru, you have Stillman, right? Who you made a move for last year. You have Bryson. And then you even have Ryan Johnson, who I don't expect to be up this year, but he's another young guy that could potentially, you know, if somebody goes down, could potentially step up. But I do see two of those guys getting moved, most notably Yoki Haru and Bryson. I just don't see where they fit anymore. I think Labushkin has earned that at least spot right now to be that sixth defenseman. Stillman, I think, has earned that spot to be at least the seventh defenseman, to be that, that guy off the bench. So defense, like you said, it's it now did they make the greatest moves ever? I mean, it's not the greatest defensive moves ever, but they're solid. And now I'm looking at it as what is the plan defensively? Because like you said, there's so many. It's real and even on the forward side, there's so many. I mean, that's why even seeing Jost come back. Once I saw Akposo and Gergensen's resigned, I thought there was not a chance Ger- or Jost was coming back. And they're all back. I mean, I get Akposo. They want to probably get him to 1,000 games. That makes sense. Gergensen, another guy I was very shocked about. I mean, he's been in Buffalo a long time. Everybody, A lot of fans love him. But I was just shocked because does he fit the timeline anymore? But he wants to be here. He wants to be part of it. But, I mean, forward-wise, again, here's the projected lineups with Jack Quinn out, and we'll get to that in a second. Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, Alex Talk, first line, easy. Paterka, Cousins, would be uh, Jack Quinn, but right now Victor Olofsson is projected to be slotted in there. Then you got Greenway, Middlestead, Rusek, Gergensen, Krebs, Akposo, and so that leaves Coolidge, Jost, and Savoy on the bench. That It's just down the line, and I'll, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it real quick. I don't care if they make a big move right now. You can wait it out. Everybody wants because they because we have so many they have so many assets. They're like, let's make a move, make a move, make a move. Don't force it. Don't force it. I like that they're waiting. I like that they're saying, you know, we we have this great prospect pool. We have this great roster right now. Let's let's see what we have. I know I just kind of went on a little spiel there, but it's just there's so much going on with this roster when you look up and down on it. And I I like what they've done in free agency so far. I'm. I'm so back and forth on the whole goalie situation on if they should do a Levi uh, Comrie or Levi UPL. I'm leaning more Levi UPL right now. Um, But they're really like just down the line. I don't know what this roster is going to look like day one. I mean, you know, the the main guys, right? You know, the Tage and Paterka and all them, but you don't know who's going to be that third, that fourth line, who's going to be on the third line. Defensively, you don't know who's going to be powers pairing officially. You're probably going to get, guess Clifton that's what I'd guess too but even third line you don't know it's 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 such a question and there's just a lot going on with this team so with that said I brought up the Quinn injury a little bit 
he's going to be out for the first few months of the season. It really sucks, right? Because everybody was very excited. I was excited to see him, especially that yeah, that line again, that Paterka Cousins and Quinn line. There's been some talk about Victor Olofsson potentially now staying because of that. I personally still think he's going to get moved because I think, like I said, there's just so many like guys that you can fill on that spot. I would personally love to see Casey Middlestead take over that role um, as the second line, either center and move Cousins to the wing or just put Cousins on the wing there, take Quinn's spot. What do you think of just now the forwards with Olafson? Do you think they should still move him? Do you think they should now wait to maybe get that value up a little bit at the trade deadline? What do you want to see with this forward group with Jack Quinn missing the first few months? Yeah, like you said, I think it's important not to force it. Uh, like I had said, it would be spectacular to get Matt Dumbo, but that might you many could say that would be forcing it if you tried to acquire him. And the same thing goes for the other side of the puck there on the offensive side. I think with Quinn uh, unavailable now for four to six months, I think you should take a look at Olsen and see, well, maybe it would be not a terrible decision to keep him around for a little bit. And that's another good point. Let that value possibly go up, maybe make him more attractive when Quinn becomes healthy. Um, or maybe somehow, I know a lot of people don't see this happening. Maybe he finds a way to become productive again and, and can solidify a spot on the roster uh, for the, for the long haul. So I think it's important not to, to make hasty moves. Um, such such as what it would be with those two players. Yeah, and with Olofsson, he's such a weird player to me because he could score. He can score. I mean, that's the one thing he can do is score, but it's it's not much else he can do. Personally, I know I brought up just waiting, but I, I personally would still move him now, and I would rather see Coolidge play, maybe not the second line, but give Coolidge minutes or give Rusak minutes or Savoy or just even just keep it with Phil and Jost in there and then figure out who the 12th is going to be between Coolidge, Savoy and Rusak. I would like to kind of see these young guys get a little bit more playing time. I think we've seen Victor Olofsson reach what he's been able to reach. Um, I mean, he put up what did he put up 30 last year? I'm actually going to look this up. Um, he might have put up 30 goals last year, but I think it was like 10 assists. Like, again, he just doesn't do much else besides put the puck in the back of the net. And the Sabres have plenty of goal scorers, right? He put up 28 goals last year. It's, it's, but it seemed like it was always at the worst time. It was when the game didn't matter. It's when nobody cared. But when the game did matter and the games, all of them mattered, he disappeared, it seemed like. So, Olofsson, I, 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 I'm not going to be one of those fans that thinks that, or that one of those people that think that Olofsson's horrible. I mean, he's not, he's not a horrible hockey player, but when you look at this roster, I just think you can do better. And I think that you can at least see more and get something out of them for a team that is looking for some more goal scoring. So it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be crazy. Last question for the Sabres though, before we get into our history, it's about the goalie situation. We talked about it a little bit, uh, I believe about a month ago, talked about it a little bit. Devin Levi, Eric Comrie, Ukapekalukanen. Again, there's talk about maybe being three goalies the whole season again. I, I would, I personally don't want to see that. Don't give me three goalies again. I don't even think the goalies want to see that, right? I think they were kind of sick of it. They, they, they really just want to see their two guys. I think it will be UPL and Levi. I kind of want it to be UPL and Levi. And as much as I love Eric Comrie, he's a fun guy. He's, he's a great guy. I mean, every interview you see, he's just like, you're like, can that guy be any nicer? Um, but I just want, I want to see the young guys. Worst comes to worst, UPL, send them down. 
I want to see Levi get in there, and I want to see UPL at least play. Maybe you can use UPL's two-way contract for one more year to your advantage. Um, but Comrie, that's the other tough part, is once you bring him up, I would bet that he would get snagged on waivers if you sent him back down. So maybe he's a guy, though, that you play for half the year and build up some value and then bring UPL up. Who knows? But what do you think about the goalie situation? What do you want to see? Um, I know we may have answered this a couple weeks ago, but who knows? Maybe maybe our answers have changed. So what do you want to see goalie-wise? No, I, I would fully agree. I'd like the tandem to be, if it's going to be in-house, um, have it be Levi at the first uh, starting spot and then followed by UPL. I think Comrie uh, – let him maybe get, give him another chance elsewhere. He kind of reminds me of an Aaron Dell situation, kind of that vet that actually does still spend time in Rochester. Um, but I think that it would be beneficial to all to, to work with two or NHL rostered. So, and like I just said, out of the food we is on the roster now, give it to the young guys, uh, not opposed to acquiring one again, don't wouldn't want it forced or rushed. Um, but for what for what is in front of us in front of the team, um, definitely go with the youth uh, for out of the three. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions, right? There's a lot of things that can happen. They might not even be done. Who knows? There's still guys out there. There's some rumors. Maybe Thomas Tatar can take over a spot for a little bit with Quinn being down. But again, like we just said, down the line, forwards, defense, goal. It, it's just like a log jam everywhere right now. And it's like, do you really want to send Savoy back to? The CHL, I believe. Yes, yeah, CHL. With Wapping, do you, right? Yeah. Do you want to put Coolidge back down there in, in Rochester? Do you want to put Rusek down there in Rochester? I mean, there's just so many questions, and it's just it, – I think you'll see still some moves. I think you'll see at least – maybe not Olofsson move, but you'll definitely see a, maybe a Yoki Haru and Bryson move. Um, I just – it doesn't make sense to have them still on the roster. And when you've traded for Stillman and, you know, Labushkin played – pretty well to me in my opinion so there's a lot of things that can happen a lot of things still to happen i mean we only we only got what a couple months left until the preseason starts um but yeah we'll see what happens a lot of sabers stuff to go but let's get into our history uh, this is the way we're going to do it now. We kind of have found, I think, w- what we kind of like doing. Hunter's got his HLC's day in history. Everybody knows how much I get excited for those ones. I f- love them because they're just the things I would ne- – half the time they come out of your mouth, I'm like, what is – I can't even believe what I heard. <laughs> Last week – I know you weren't here, Hunter, but everybody here saw – we did. I did five questions with Jared Bailey. We're still going to do that with guests, but I'm going to ask one question to Hunter per week, a history question. See if he can get it right. See if you guys can get it right. Um, this week, it's it's one of those ones I kind of described it to Hunter as it could be could be hard, um, but you could see him looking after it afterwards and being like, I should have had that one. Um, or getting it in two seconds. I can see that happening as well. But before I do that, I'm going to actually plug in my laptop because it's getting low. <laughs> um, but We'll start off with my question, then we'll do your day in history. So here's the question. Let me know when you're ready. Um, And if you need a hint, I can always give you a hint as well. Um, But whenever you're ready, are you ready for the question? Fire away. All right, so we obviously have Dalton Kincaid coming in this year, rookie tight end. We've had rookie tight ends come in, Quentin Morris, right? We've had a couple others. But 2019 was when Dawson Knox rookie year was, right? Can you name the two other tight ends that made the opening day roster of that 2019 season, I'll give you the hint. Uh, I have two hints, but I'll give you the, the the one right now that I 
doesn't give too much away. Neither are no, neither are on the Bills anymore. Can you name them? If you need a hint, let me know. I can give you their current teams and who they were drafted by. So I, I believe I got it right off the bat. All um, right. So I'll go for all the marbles if I, if it means if I get one wrong and I have to, and I'm out, I'm, I'm willing to risk it all. So I believe that it's a lot of a big age difference between the two of them. Uh, the one we'll go with, uh, I, if I'm correct, uh, my former neighbor, Lee Smith. Oh, actually, maybe oh. there's three. Give me a second because maybe he's not listed as a tight end. I know that they okay. have him listed weird. That actually, I could, there could be three. So let me just look. Okay. Lee Smith, he actually, I believe, was on this team. Yes, he was. He's listed as a receiver for some oh, reason. Okay. So there's right. three. So you got one. So he, there, even a bonus point, bonus point for Hunter. There it is. Um, but yeah, so that's one. So there's one. Technically, all three of them are not on the team anymore. So there's one. Can you name the other two? Other one I'm going to go with, I believe, if my memory serves me correct, he, uh, that classic Bills to Giants path, Tommy Sweeney. Tommy Sweeney, yep, there's two. And then if I had to nail the third, um, going to give us some thought here. Uh, if you'd like a hint, just let me know. I can give you the team he was drafted by and the team he's on now. Well, I'll um, use my, my hint privilege here. Okay, do you want both, or do you want just who he's on now or who he's drafted by? Uh, let's go with current. Who's, who is he on he's now? He's currently on the Miami Dolphins. Signed in about – he signed in about May. Ah, yes, actually, that's my other former neighbor, Tyler Croft. Yep, yep, you're fully correct. I, I thought you – that was the one that I thought could trip you up because he wasn't drafted by the Bills. Tommy Sweeney, I knew that you were big. You, you were kind of a not huge Tommy Sweeney guy, but you like Tommy Sweeney, right? I like the, the BC guys, Boston College, yeah. nice Northeast school. But I, I still can't believe it. you're even shocking me again. You got you ended up getting one that I didn't even have, but I can't believe. <laughs> by the way, if anybody is listening to this and knows anybody that works for Pro Football Reference, I a lot of people use Pro Football Reference. I use it all the time. It's a great site. But why on earth is Lee Smith listed as a receiver? I've seen him listed as other things like long snapper, offensive line. That's that I get. He is the, and Lee Smith, if you're also listening to this, we love you, but I'm sorry. You are not a receiver at all. Um, You were a tight, you were a tight end. So that one was wild to me. Um, I also did not know he went to Marshall in Tennessee. Fun fact. I'm just reading this now. And he was drafted. Do you know who he was drafted by? Ooh. Well, I know he's also been, a Raider and a Falcon, but I don't believe those were either of his draft teams. Uh, if I had to shoot out a draft team, um, I guess the second, I guess the second question I got for you, but well, can I confirm it's not the Raiders or the Falcons? No, it's not that it's neither of them. Okay. He's drafted in the fifth round in 2011. Oh boy. Um, Lee Smith, this is just going to be a shot in the dark, but I'm going to have to say Carolina. No, it was the new England Patriots. Wow. Okay. Him. I was actually not aware of that. All right. I wouldn't I was not aware of that either. It's another fun fact, I guess, another history thing. But yes, there is the question. I'm you know, we're gonna give it to you. I think because of the fact that you know you got we'll, <laughs> we'll do a little tally. I'll do a little tally of how many questions. One out of one. You're one for one so far. I mean, just bringing the Lee Smith out of there. I can't believe <laughs> I didn't even think about that because Lee Smith I ended up he actually ended up one time starting for me in fantasy. Because it was, I think it was just one random week where I was like, oh, whatever. And he ended up getting me like 14 points because he scored a touchdown and whatever. So shout out Lee Smith. You're a legend. Um, I, t- I 
don't I don't know if he's retired right now. I believe he is retired. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he runs a a training gym back in a southern state that is either Tennessee or Georgia, I believe. Yeah, but he, he's retired though, Craig. I believe yes. he's retired. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, there's my question. Let us know down below if you guys got it right or if any of those names shocked you. Um, but let me know. Let us know down below. Hunter, it's your it's your time now. It's your HLD uh, HLCs, a day in history. I gotta get a graphic for this this um, whatever you want to call it. This segment. What do you got for us today? All right. So today, um, I'm gonna have two. In fact, I literally just opened this great book. Uh, you know, I still read paper books, believe it or not, in 2023. <laughs> Uh, that is not going to be uh, one Buffalo related and one not Buffalo related. So um, we'll start it off with uh, the non Buffalo related, perhaps. So this is a this is a book from ESPN. They did kind of one of the most notable sporting events to take place in all 365 days of the year. I'm not sure if it's kind of classic coffee table book, um, but I thought this was cool to mention. Um, so July 19th, that's what it's today is 1996. Uh, this was, we're going back to the Atlanta Olympics. Um, and today was the day that Muhammad Ali, uh, lit the torch, um, lit the flame at the opening ceremony of the, of the Olympic games in Atlanta. I just think that's pretty neat to, to see. I know he passed away. Uh, what is it? What are we looking at now? Was it somewhere in the vicinity of five, six years ago? I believe. I believe. I'll look it up real quick. Well, you, um, can, you can go on and I'll give you, give you it in a second. Okay. But yes, uh, I think that, that that's just really neat to see. Uh, I'm going to read a quick quote here just to kind of show the, the, the gravity that Muhammad, Muhammad Ali held. So uh, President Bill Clinton, who had officially opened the games, put his hands on the shoulders of the greatest and evoked the emotions behind the roar of the crowd. They didn't tell me who would light the flame, but when I saw it was you, I cried. Uh, that's our nation's leader. Uh, just let that be known. Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton saying those words about the greatest himself, Muhammad Ali. So I think that's pretty neat. Uh, that happened today. I thought I'd bring it up. Yes. Um, and that's a, he actually, it was 2016. So it was a little over seven years ago. And you said 1996, correct? Yes. Just weird thing. I looked up how long ago that was just like how many days it was 9,696 days ago, which just kind of weird. Cause I just thought it was nine, six, nine, six. Um, and it happened in 1996. So just thought it was a little, just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, <laughs> Interesting stuff. Or no, that actually, sorry, sorry. It's been 9,696 days since December 31st of 1996. So I don't even know what. Just go, you go, keep going, keep going. So that will wrap up that. Thought I would bring it up. Uh, nice little Summer Olympics uh, history there. But back to the hometown of Buffalo. So you know where I'm going now. Shout out the state and Buffalo sports history at Buff Sports HSTRY on Twitter. Uh, on this day in 1883, so it's going to be a, a long time ago, but an even amount of years uh, for to look at. Uh, I'm not going to get into the math as I'd like to read this, um, but viewers, feel free to, listeners. Uh, Dan Brothers, Browthers, uh, I believe you'd say, of the Buffalo Bisons goes six for six while both Hardy Richardson and Jack Rowe homered. Um, now, homered is a, is a possible uh, term of speech here that could be uh, differentiated by others because it, after that comes, in quotes, 
or in parentheses, sort of homered. The ball went into the high grass on both occasions, and the right fielder could not find it. So it was almost uh, the one instance where time, well, before the pitch clock came in, time plays into baseball as the right fielder was not able to find it, and around the bases he goes, and that's a home run. Uh, the Bisons defeat the Philadelphia Quakers in this game 25-5. to So I thought that was a nice little piece to show uh, how far we've come with uh, technology or uh, updates in baseball that usually a home run now means out of the ballpark and not that uh, I can't see it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so 190 years ago. They, okay. they couldn't even find a baseball after you hit it. That is, that is awesome. That is hilarious. I love that. I, both of them are great. I mean, Muhammad Ali, you can't really top Muhammad Ali. I mean, he's it, it, top 10 greatest athlete of all time. Arguable that he's even higher than that to, to some people. Um, greatest boxer of all time, in my opinion. I mean, there's some guys you can have in there. But, wow, that second one is just hilarious. They couldn't find the ball. That is unbelievable. I mean... Can you imagine just picture this? And I know this is this, it's just sort of got a random thing. Imagine you're that right fielder and you got, you know, you got your girl in the stands over there, you know, you're having a good time, you're playing some baseball and you can't find the ball. Like, I would be so embarrassed. Like, I just random thought I would be so embarrassed if I was that guy. I wish we knew which player it was and I wish we knew, I wish we could still interview him. I, I mean, it, yeah, it, it that's unbelievable. That's hilarious. Um, so another another absolute banger of a HLD HLC's his day in history. I mean, you got anything else before we wrap it up? But I, that's just amazing. Yeah, no, I thought that was a nice balance. One with uh, one of the nation's most notable figures, and then we'll follow it up with a bit of a comedy show here in in Buffalo uh, with uh, sorry eyes uh, running around the bases. He goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we again ran, we're running 50 minutes. I think everybody, let us know how, what you guys think. If you guys like the shorter 30 minute ones, if you guys like the, the 50 minute ones, um, we've kind of been up and down there a little bit, but I mean, this was, this was a fun one, man. I mean, I, this was one of my favorite ones I think we've done so far. Just not even, not even the, the HL seeds day in history. Um, but just the whole episode is a great, great show. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, Bill's talk, Sabres talk, a little bit of everything. Um, next week's exciting, too, with training camp. Um, and we will also let you guys know in the future if we are going to plan something maybe in Philly. I mean, who knows? But maybe what we're doing here, who knows? Um, but, yeah, fun one again. Thanks for everybody tuning in. If you haven't, please like, comment, subscribe. It really helps everybody, not just us two, but everybody at Built in Buffalo. Um, I mean, it just helps us, you know, grow and help us just even just interact with you guys when you guys are commenting. I personally, I know you too, same with you, Hunter. We lo I love interacting with everybody, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, anywhere. We really appreciate you guys listening. Go check out the other channels on Built in Buffalo with Lance, with Peter, with um, Matt, and with, with Izzy, everybody. I mean, down the line, you got great shows, um, great live shows. But, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. I'd actually like to chime in. Uh, let's give it a shout-out for my co-host for getting to interview Dalton Kincaid, uh, among some other players. That's a really cool gig that you were able to do. I watched the video. That's pretty awesome. I uh, had to give you credit for giving the best wing spot. Uh, as the first choice, 9-11 Tavern out on Bloomfield. Um, so I'm really happy to see that. So, yeah, congratulations on being able to do that. That's that's a really special gig there. 
Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it was my first ever interview was Dalton Kincaid. Um, I know that there was some there's some mic issues there. That's why even the other ones with, like I said, Williams and Torrance weren't able to um, be put up. Those were actually, I believe, the only three rookies that were there. I don't remember seeing any of the other rookies there. Um, but there were some Sabres alumni. I did get to speak to Jason Pominville a little bit, Marty Baran, who shout out Marty Baran. That dude can talk. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. It's just I, every interview for me was about three minutes. His was about 10 because he just, you know, he loves to just get into it, tell stories. So shout out Marty Baran. Shout out Jason Pondville as well. Great guys. I'll be probably sharing some clips of the, those interviews as well uh, because I don't believe those ones had rough audio at all. But um, yeah, Dalton Kincaid, first ever interview. I mean, it, it's hopefully goes down as a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, appreciate that. Um, appreciate everybody for supporting that and everything. And we'll definitely both of us probably will have some some more throughout the season, throughout just everything. Um, but yeah, it's fun one again. Um, you got anything else before we hop off? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, looking forward to one week from today. The next campaign starts. Uh, out in Rochester, and we'll see what transpires. Um, I'm looking forward to being there, uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, let's see what happens on on this next uh, this next journey. Yeah, so that's gonna do it for us. Remember, if you see us there at training camp, come up, say hi. I want to, you know, I want to put some faces to some of these names that are always, you know, I want to see some of you guys. Same with, you know, if you see us, come say hi. Um, I know a lot of Built in Buffalo will be there as well. Um, so yeah. Excited for training camp, excited for everything. That's going to do it for us, though. For Buffalo Sports Banter, for Hunter, for HLC, I'm Ben Shoop. Thanks for tuning in. Buffalo sports fans, Buffalonians, we'll see you next time. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.